Welcome to Mosaic Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church, Leeds, based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Uh, Chris, just because some people won't have seen you, met you, hard to miss you that tall, but um, won't have been with us. Tell us uh, just who you are and about your family and what you're up to. Great. My name is Chris. I'm originally from Botswana, but I'm now living in The Hague with my family. I'm married to a great Dutch woman called Karen, and we have three kids, Simon, who's five, Ella, who's three, uh, sorry, Daniel, who's three. I often forget my kids. I think I've got three. Uh, Simon, Daniel, Ella. Ella is uh, one years old, and we've been in The Hague for two years. We're starting uh, an international church in that brilliant city. Terrific. Um, Tell us, uh, we learned yesterday about your day off, basically slobbing and playing sport, didn't really think about your kids, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, you got three, yeah. Okay, um, tell us your heroes of faith, one biblical, one who's alive today. Who do you admire and look to? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, it's not you, so... Uh. <laughs> uh. Biblical would be a guy called Paul, who was just an amazing man of God, who uh, wrote a huge amount of the New Testament, and who uh, just loved Jesus, loved people, loved the nations, and I thought, man, I'd love to be like that guy. Alive today would be a guy called PJ Smythe, maybe some of you know him. He uh, lives in Johannesburg, he's a great man of faith, he's got an incredible leadership gift, and uh, just an amazing church that reflects the heart of God as being built up in that uh, city and impacting beyond. So those are my two. And uh, you've been with us for 48 hours. What have you most enjoyed about being amongst Mosaic people? Answer carefully. (laughs) (laughs) I'd 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 answer really honestly, um, because hopefully everything I say would be honest, but I want to answer this from the heart, because um, when I came, I had an expectation that this would be a great church that we'd learn some stuff from in The Hague, and I've just been blown away. I think what this, what this conference has been about in terms of God's heart for the nations, I've seen modeled in the DNA of, of the church, and people who've spoken to me have just been heart-pumping with the love of God for the nations. And that, that has massively impacted me. I feel like I'm going back to The Hague with just a huge deposit from you guys. So uh, that's what's impacted me most. That's what I've enjoyed most. Great. Let me pray for you. Father, we pray uh, your word would come with power, conviction, and the Holy Spirit. We pray that it would achieve what you sent it to do. And we pray our hearts would be opened to receive the message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great. Thank you. Well, we won't have tremendously long together this morning. And I'd love you to grab your Bibles if you bought them and turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. This was a letter written by Paul, the guy that I was just referencing. And we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and uh, starting at verse 6, just a few verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6. I want to look this morning um, at our legs. Look down at your legs. I hope you, like me, have got two. Maybe you've got four. There's an operation that can help you with that. But many of us have got two legs. And I want to talk to us today about our two legs. 
Let's read uh, first, and then all things will become clear. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. The first verse, it sets the tone of what God we're talking about. We're not talking about a picture on a wall. We're not talking about a statue on a mantelpiece. We're not talking about a God that you whip out of your pocket when it's convenient to you, but you put him back in when it's not convenient to you anymore. We're talking about the God who said, let light shine out of darkness. Have any of you ever said that successfully and and seen it happen? (laughs) Have any of you ever looked at nothing and said, let something happen. Let creation happen. Have any of you ever looked at darkness and said, let light come and it's come? This is the kind of God we're talking about. The God who says, let light shine out of darkness. It's a great God we're talking about. Made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Verse 8, we're afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. We're always carrying in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. How does this relate to our legs? We walk because we've got two legs. In the Christian life, we go wherever God's called us to with two legs. One's called humility and one's called boldness. And if we miss out on one of these two, we get really stuck. If we think, well, I'm just going to go with boldness and humility stays behind, it causes pain. It's, it's painful when your legs are spread too far apart and you're not a gymnast. You think, I'm just going to go boldness, God's with me. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. Let me take on the world. Man, uh, you get unstuck. But if you also just think, well, it's just me and... I'm just a sinner saved by grace, humility, and boldness stays behind, you stay still. You don't go anywhere at all. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, shone his light in our hearts. Oh, I'm feeling bold already to give us this treasure, boldness sticking out, because we're just jars of clay, humility, humility coming through. If we don't get both of these coming together, We never walk as God wants us to walk. We never go to the nations as God wants us to go to the nations. We never go to our cities, to our neighbors, to our friends, because both of these work together. Humility, boldness, they're the legs on which we stand in the Christian life. Maybe, let's look at humility first. Maybe you're pretty aware of humility because that's what kind of, you just think, well, I just know that I'm not God. (laughs) I'm very aware of that. I'm very aware of the mistakes that I've made. I'm very aware of my weakness. I'm very aware that I don't, I just can't do this by myself. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're a Christian and that's what you're aware of. Maybe you're not a Christian, but you just think, I just, I just know, I know I can't do it. My life up until now has been a testimony to the fact that I'm I'm just not able to do what, what I know I should do. And maybe humility is something you, you don't really struggle with because you're very aware of it. And you wouldn't be alone because the Bible is full of people like you. 
In fact, uh, Jesus' disciples, the 12 guys that he chose, were full of uh, this awareness at times that they weren't really up to the job that God had called them to. And so we read often in the Bible these disciples, these mighty men of God that, that Jesus chose, were arguing with each other about who was the greatest. So they're like, Jesus doing amazing miracles, people getting healed, the dead getting raised up, food getting multiplied, and the next moment the disciples are walking along going, hey, do you know, I think I'm actually better than you guys. You know, I'm, I'm closer to Jesus. Jesus often is the one who says, come walk with me. And then the other disciples go, yeah, but he also said, get behind me, Satan, to you. So uh, you can't really be, I think I'm the one because he often sits next to me at meal times. And so I think, guys, if, if there has to be a number two in this whole deal, I'm the number to. And you think, guys, you're so weak and feeble, you're arguing about who's the greatest. You don't get it, do you? You're, you're, you're very far away from who God is and, and what he's about. And Jesus kind of underlines this at times. He looks at his disciples and says, how long do I have to put up with you guys? <laughs> he said that. He said that. He said that to things like, where is your faith? Oh, you of little faith, how long do I have to put up with you guys? You're just missing the deal, aren't you? You don't really understand things very much. Jesus, um, when he was going back up to heaven in Matthew chapter 28, what we'd call the ascension, when Jesus went up to heaven, he gave the great commission to his disciples first. So he had lived this incredible life full of miracles, full of teaching that changes the world. Uh, The disciples walked with him, saw this stuff. They saw him die on a cross. They saw him rise again. And just before he goes up to heaven, he says he appears to his disciples and he commissions. So I want you to go. Everything that I've given you, I want you to go and give. I want you to give out the love that I've given you. I want you to go to the nations. I want you to baptize people. I want you to tell them about me. And it says that they worshiped him, but some doubted. You think... (laughs) How do you doubt that? I mean, you've seen this guy commit miracles. You've seen him die. You've seen him rise again. And now you're doubting. It's just incredible. And, and maybe you're like some of these disciples. You think, well, I'm very aware there are times when I've just horribly missed it. I'm very aware of my weakness. I'm very aware that if, if God had to choose able, great people to fulfill his mission to be great Christians, he wouldn't choose me. I can point out to one or two other people, I think he'd choose them because they just, they just seem to have everything together. But he'd never choose me. And we're very aware of our weakness and, and our ability not to do what God calls us to do. But maybe we're not in that camp. Maybe we're a Christian this morning or not a Christian and think, well, that's perhaps for weaker people, but I can, I can hold things together. This great English poet called William Ernest Henley, a 19th century British poet, who said, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Maybe you feel a little bit like that. Maybe you're a Christian or not a Christian, but that essentially is what you think. You think, I manage my risks. I'm able to control things. I can do uh, whatever I need to do to make my life a success. And in, in those moments, it's like, God coming to us and saying, I want you to remind you a little bit about who I am and who you are. Because it, at the end of the day, you're a jar of clay. That's all you are. The, the psalmist says it in a different way. It says, all men are like grass. The wind blows and the grass is gone one day to the next. The greatest 
men and women that we know will die. You'll die one day. That, that the greatest achievements we can do will be swept away. One day we won't be remembered anymore. And the, the greatest of human achievement never comes close to the glory of God. And God wants to sometimes remind us and say, I want to remind you that I'm God and you're not God. And, and you can't do what, what I do. You can't be like me. I want you to know that there is one hope in life and you're not it. I've got small kids, uh, I, I think. <laughs> And uh, my boys who are growing up um, are five and three, and I sometimes have to remind them that the, the world does not revolve around them. Simon, buddy, the world does not revolve around you. It revolves around your dad, so stop behaving like that. <laughs> we think we have the power in us, and even as Christians, we can begin to live like this. I've, I've done well. I've, I've made good decisions. I've I've gone to university, I've got a good job, I've managed my money well, I've brought up kids well. Maybe you're a father or mother and you think, well, my kids are making a success out of their lives. And God wants to come to us. I want to remind you that, that really you're just the jar of clay. What have you been in control of your life, in your life, that has made a massive impact? Well, let's go right back to the beginning. Things that are important, how much control did you have over who your parents were? I, I didn't have much. <laughs> How much control over where you were born did you have? What about the socio-economic place that you were born, the circumstances you were born into? How much control did you have over that? Were you born in Kampiri and Poshi? W were you born there? Or were you born into a completely different circumstance? How much control over how much money your parents had did you have growing up? How much control over your name, the name you were given? How much control over your IQ, the gifts that, that you kind of had naturally? How much control did you have? God wants to say to us, I'm in control. You're not in control. I'm God. You're not. I'm the treasure in the jar. You're just the jar. And, and there's a kind of reality check there, but, but a very important reality check because as soon as we set ourselves up as God, it does not go well for us. We, it may go well for us for a while, but God wants to say, if you want life as I have intended it, if you want the fullness of what I've got for you, you need to know you're not God and I am God. The Bible says it like this, His ways are much higher than our ways. And some things we can understand about God and some things we think, well, God, I, I would never do it like that, but, but you're God and I'm not. And so we can look back on, on our lives and think of great things that have happened, but then it's important in that moment to think, God, thank you, thank you, God, thank you that you're in charge and I'm not. Psalm 44, you don't need to turn there, I'm just going to read a couple of verses from it. This is looking back at the history of what God has done uh, through his people, uh, the, the Israelites. It says, verse 3 of Psalm 44, for not by their sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them. But your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. What's this saying? The great battles of the Old Testament, God leading his people out. It wasn't their arm that saved them. It wasn't their sword, their abilities that did anything. It was God because he loved his people. 
And the same can be true of this is a, a great church and maybe even your own life and thinking all the things that happen. Okay, God, this was wonderful. Thank you. God, this was a great breakthrough. Thank you. God, this was wonderful. You brought this along. Thank you. It's a realization. It's a humility that comes from, man, God, it was you. It was you. Thank you so much. For not in my own bow did I trust. And my, I know my sword cannot saved me, save me, but you have saved us from our foes. There's a humility that comes in the Christian life from realizing God is in control and we're not. And it's a very, very important humility. If you leave humility behind, no, I can do it, I can do it, you're going to come really unstuck. You're not going to go anywhere. A humility, God, you're God, I'm not. God, I can't do this by myself. So maybe you're very aware of your own need for God at the moment. Maybe you're not very aware, but you need to be aware that God is God and we're not. All the initiative is with God. God is absolutely in control. But without what comes next, humility will keep us stuck. If you think, well, I'm, I just can't do it. I, I'm not strong enough. I'm not God. I can't go anywhere. If we just stay there, we're going to stay in one place. But this verse leads on from just being jars of clay and gives us a boldness because we have the fullness of Christ. If you're a Christian, what you get is the fullness of God in you, and therefore you never need to be stuck. You can move out in the boldness that God gives you, uh, the boldness that comes with this humility. So what does it say in the passage? For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, the God who is absolutely in control made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian, is to know Jesus, to have the light of God shining inside you. Have you had that? Do you experience that? Have you known the light of God breaking in to the deepest part of who you are and shining where there was only darkness before? It's, it's the most wonderful thing that could possibly happen in life. It's what you were created for. Have you experienced that? If you haven't, God wants to uh, reveal his love to you. He wants to shine his light in you. He wants you to come to know Jesus. It's the most incredible thing that happens. And with that light that comes, comes a humility. Man, I thought I was God. I thought the world revolved around me. I thought I could have my destiny in my own hands. But man, I, now I just see it's a light that comes from you. It's not from me. Oh, it's a light that changes everything. Great humility, but great boldness, because what does it say? To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You see, we don't go, okay, well, I'm humble, but I am also really strong, so I'm humble because I know who I am in God. Oh, I'm bold because I know who I am in God. I've got the light of Jesus shining in me. I've got the power of God at work within me. It's not a light that comes from me. When uh, Karen and I want to put a light on in the early morning, we don't put a clay pot on the mantelpiece and go, all right, well, there's the light. Let's carry on. No, we, we actually need to switch on the light. Clay pots in themselves do not have any light. And what God says is, you're, you're just the clay pot, but my light is in you. My light is going to work through you, and that should give us incredible boldness. When Jesus went up to heaven, he said, 
all authority has been given to me, therefore you go. And you think, well, God, I'd kind of like you to say, all authority has been given to you, now you go. And he did, all, he did also give us great authority, but our authority is not in ourselves. Our authority is in God, and that gives us great boldness. So these two legs are beginning to work together now. Man, I know who I am in God. I'm just the clay jar. Humility, stepping up. Oh, I know who I am in God. I'm a clay jar full of the light of God. Boldness, stepping up. And I can begin to walk in the Christian life with humility and boldness working wonderfully together. You say, well, I'm just, I'm still kind of stuck on the humility thing. I've really messed up. I really have bumped my head against stuff. I'm really, I'm not clever. I'm not bold. I don't have great faith. I'm not like him. I'm not like her. And God says, excellent. It's not about you. It's about me. Now step out again. Step out again. We can get really unstuck when we kind of measure ourselves against others. And God says, it's not about you and your abilities. It's not about them and their abilities. It's about me inside you. And, and when we grab hold of everything that God's got for us, we can step out with great boldness wherever he's called us because it's the power of God within, within us. Verse 8 of the 2 Corinthians passage, we're hard-pressed on every side. Life is tough. If you're, a Christian, if you're not a Christian this morning thinking, well, <laughs> my life is difficult, I need to become a Christian, maybe swap that around. <laughs> My life is difficult. It, it'll get more difficult when I'm going to become a Christian, but I'm going to go for it. And we're hard-pressed on either side, but we're not crushed. Why? Because we've got the light of Jesus in us. We're perplexed. Things are confusing. How will this work out? I don't know how this situation will happen. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Boldness, humility, walking together here. Boldness, humility. We're persecuted. People are giving me a hard time for being a Christian. This is difficult. My family doesn't understand, but I'm not abandoned. Why? Because God said he's with me. He's with, it's, it's, you see these two things working together here. Boldness always comes because we know who we are in God. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. We always carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus. Jesus, you died for me. I'm going to die to myself, put my trust in you, so that the life of Jesus would be made known around us. God wants us to understand these two things. We receive his love, and we walk in his love with great boldness. You see, at the end of the day, we're just very ordinary people. You may have achieved a lot and be mega successful. You may have not achieved a lot and not see yourself as successful, but all of us are on a level plane. God doesn't look at us and go, I'm really impressed by you. I'm going to use you a lot. Not impressed by you at all. God doesn't look like that at us. What does it say? It says his, eye, his eyes roam the earth looking for those whose hearts are fully devoted to him. So you don't need to this morning have achieved a lot, be mega successful. I've made a lot of money. I've got great education. I've you know, won a great looking wife. What a successful man I am. It doesn't matter whether you're there or I've been through two divorces. I never even finished school. God looks at you on exactly the same level and says, how's your heart? And often the people that we think we're successful, God goes, before me, you're not successful because you think you're God. You're not in control. I'm God and you're not. And the people that come to him are not those that have achieved. It's those who say, God, I'm not God. I need you. My heart's open for you. 
And so wherever you are this morning, God desires to use you. God desires to take you where you are. God desires to pick you up and shine His light in you and use you for great things to the glory of God. The disciples, I mentioned a few of their weaknesses, they had a whole lot more, but they changed the world because they had the light of Jesus shining in them. Boldness, humility. I can go to Zambia. Why? Well, do I have all the money sorted out? Do I know how exactly our life is going to work out? Do I know um, whether things are going to be okay? No, I don't have any of those things, but I have the power of God in me. I have God spoken to me so I can step out. This is what's impacted me so much this weekend. People are standing up here. We would love to go to China. We don't, we don't know how it's going to work, but we'd love to go to China. We'd love to go and work with people, uh, with the victims of the sex trade in Thailand. Do we know all the answers? No, but we're going to go in the power of Jesus. God's spoken. What is that? That's boldness that comes from the power is not in me. The power is from God, and I can step out with wonderful boldness. All authority is from Jesus. What does he say? All authority is from me, therefore you go. That gives us all the boldness we need. It means that an authority that's above every other authority is working in us. So the United Nations is not above the name of Jesus. Any government is not above the name of Jesus. You may think, man, I feel called to go to North Korea. Oh, but I can't go. The government says no. No Christians allowed. You think, well, who's more important? Who's got the authority, the government of North Korea or the name of Jesus? Who's got more authority, the sex trade or the name of Jesus? The slavery trade or the name of Jesus? Lack of education or the name of Jesus? Poverty or the name of Jesus? And so we can face these giants not because, well, I'm the man of the hour. We can face these giants because we've got the love of Jesus in us, because we've got the light of Jesus in us, because when light comes, darkness goes. And wherever God, is, wherever God is, the light of God is, and the power of God is, so may we be people who step out with great boldness, humility. I know who I am in God. I know He's God and I'm not. Boldness, because I know He's God and I'm not. Humility, boldness, humility, boldness. The call for this weekend is to be a call to go. Some of us are going to go and plant churches. Some of us are going to go and be part of church planting teams. Some of us are going to go to other nations. Some of us are going to stay in this nation. Some of us are going to stay in this city. Some of us are going to go by being great doctors in this city. Some of us are going to grow, go by being great creative artists or teachers or mothers or lawyers or, or what, nurses or prison workers. There's no, there's no calling that's greater than another. Going overseas is not greater than staying here, but there's a call over each one of us to go. Some of us are going to go by devoting all of our time to working in a church. Some of us aren't. For those of us that aren't, I want to remind you of what William Wilberforce, a man who had a massive impact because he knew who he was in God, said. He said this, my walk is a public one. My business is in the world, and I must mix with the assemblies of men and not quit the post which God seems to have assigned me. He was a parliamentarian. Maybe God's calling you to be a parliamentarian. Whatever it is, this is a great quote. I'm not going to quit the post of being a great artist to the glory of God. Boldness. I'm not going to quit the post of being a great teacher to the glory of God. Boldness. I'm not going to quit the post of making the 
the call of, of being a, an impacting nurse where I work because I've got the name of Jesus. If God has called you there, go with great boldness and great humility. Wherever you go, God is with you. The last thing Jesus said to his disciples was, behold, an old English word. I don't know what it means. I think it means listen. Listen, I'll be with you till the very end of the age. What a, what a way to walk out Mosaic Church as an army. Humility, I know who I am in God. Boldness, I know who I am in God. God will never leave me and never forsake me. This is a mighty army in this church. Be a part of that army. Maybe you came this morning and you're not a Christian, but you realize I've never had the light of Jesus shine in my heart. To myself, I've been God, and I, this morning I just realize that I'm, I'm not God. This morning, you can come to Jesus and say, I don't understand everything, but I do understand that you're God and I'm not, and I need you to shine your light in my heart. I need you to take away that darkness. I'm so sorry. We're going to have uh, communion, what we call communion, which is celebrating the death and resurrection of Jesus. And, and in doing that, we, we have grape juice, which celebrates his love for us, and we break bread, which celebrates uh, his body that was broken for us. And if you're not a Christian this morning, this can be a moment where you say, well, I don't understand everything, but I do believe this, and I'm going to accept what Jesus did for me in, in dying on the cross when I take this grape juice and eat this bread. And if that's you, it would be brilliant. Grab someone who, who you came with, who invited you, or grab one of the leaders and say, this is my first time doing this. I believe this this morning. This is for me. I, I want to become a Christian. We'd love to just pray with you and chat with you. But the, those of us who are Christians, as we celebrate communion this morning, celebrate it in a way, God, you're God, I'm not. You died on the cross for me that I would have your light giving me great humility and great boldness. Be a mighty army for God, Mosaic. We are inspired by you in, the, in Redeemer. We're so looking forward to seeing your team come over from here. I hope we have a great connection in the future. But man, go for it in Jesus' name. You guys are trailblazing, trailblaze, humility, boldness, humility, boldness. Father, thank you for your love. And we pray this morning you would grab hold of each of our hearts, fill us with incredible light, give us a humility that comes from being clay jars, and give us boldness that comes from the light of God, the great treasure of the gospel, the good news of Jesus shining through us. Amen. Amen.